106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering, the thought of conceptualizing, the possibility of maybe, perhaps, reopening, but probably not. I would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future. Hello there. I am a government bureaucrat uh, from the CDC. <laughs> you are contagious for 10 days. 10. Okay, you're contagious for five days, or it could be 20 or 15, five. It's, it's five now. So yeah, just, it's five. I think they're gonna get frustrated if we just, okay. Okay, like I said, so it's five days, give or take five. You could, you could give five or take five, or we just really need people to fly planes and uh, play football. <laughs> I mean, can we just be honest? Science says 10, uh, but now we're saying five because we like the sound of five. Five is like, it's, it's, it's whole, but not whole. Five is a solid number. So we just went with five, right? I mean, that's, it's just following the science. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> We are following the science. If you just follow the science and what experts say, <laughs> it's hard to say it with a straight face. If you just follow the science and what experts say, like me, I'm an expert I'm wearing a lab coat. Well, it looks like a lab coat. People think it is. So. It actually needs to be dry cleaned. It's, it's very wrinkly. Can I actually get a lab coat? I mean, this would be more convincing if I had a real lab coat on. You guys. Okay, all of this to say it's five days now. Until it's not. I want this number to stick in your head because this number, unfortunately, was cut out of the movie. It's been cut out of a lot of things. So you're not going to have to cut it out of your brain because I'm going to give it to you right now. <laughs> Anthony Fauci has spent, listen to this number, $191 billion. Not 3.7 million. Not 30 million. $191 billion of audited funds for the bioweaponization of viruses against humanity. And it's your money that has been spent, $191 billion. And do you think you can get any agency or oversight body or any politician to even take that investigation on despite the fact that we have every grant recipient, every person, their address, their phone number, their laboratory, we literally have the entirety of where that money went, and not a single investigation agency in this country is willing to look. This is a bioweapons program designed to kill us. That's what it is, 
And it's not just designed to kill us, it's designed to kill massive numbers of the population. We do not have a virus, we have a biological weapon. We're talking about probably the most horrible scandal and scam ever perpetrated, not only in the name of science, but in humanity and in all history. Today is December 7th, and I was uh, 12 years old when the attack on Pearl Harbor came, and I remember World War II very well. And it's a very significant day today because I see an incredible parallel between what is going on in the so-called AIDS epidemic and what happened in the years preceding and resulting in World War II. The great lie of Hitler. It's amazing. I think he would envy the job being done by members of the National Institutes of Health and even the media, especially in this country. And I will put the lie to the individuals of the NIH, particularly Gallo and Fauci and Hazeltine and Essex and the rest of these scoundrels of the worst order. Criminals guilty of genocide, without a doubt. I invite them to take me to court. I wish Burroughs Welcome would take me to court because they have been putting out a killer drug knowingly because in a court of law, I would have the opportunity to, pro to provide the absolute proof and evidence, as I have in my book, Deadly Deception. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode number 144, and it will play on January 1, 2022. So, Happy New Year to you. And I wanted to uh, read a passage from the book of the Bible, the most popular book in the world, and this passage is in Lamentations, the third chapter the 22nd and 23rd verses, and uh, or if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's just numbered sentences. We just give an address if you ever want to go there and visit. So the uh, the passage is one that I, I usually recall a phrase of it, and it's been an encouragement to me over the years, whether it's been a good uh, season or a bad season. Good day or bad day, good month, bad bad month. So it says the th steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And the one passage that I uh, hold on to is I kind of blur two parts of it together. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I just say his mercies are new every morning. And that's good for me because some days, as some days for you are the same, uh, some days don't work out as well. Are They're disappointing. They're discouraging. They're frustrating. They make you angry. And uh, no matter whether you behave yourself well or not, 
uh, you're able to get up fresh the next day uh, with God extending his mercy to you. And uh, so the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. That's meaningful to me at the first of the year or at the first of every week or the second day of every week, third day of every week, because I know that we can start fresh all the time. And if you notice the way the our world uh, tracking system, uh, not your clock necessarily, but it could be your clock, uh, the tracking system of the seasons and the weeks of the year, the cycle of the moon, the sun, as we rotate around the sun, or as it, you perceive it, it rotates around you. Uh, it gives us, it's a constant redo, isn't it? You get another chance. You know, you flub up one day, you have a bad day one day, or somebody does you wrong one day, and you've got a new chance to start over. So I want to encourage everybody to, uh, I'm not going to should on you today. I'm just going to say, this is a great opportunity. I always tr try to take it. In fact, I bought some devotionals, which is a book where you read a little uh, one page every day. It's a saying or a, uh, a story that kind of dials you in on something spiritual, and then you can read a passage of the Bible or whatever. Or you, and, uh, in fact, my goddaughter's reading through the—she's got a, uh, a reading system, read through the Bible in one year. So this is a great time to start over and make resolutions. I'm a resolution person uh, because uh, it's good to, even if you don't keep the resolution for the whole year— or maybe if you don't keep it at all, it's good to put it down on paper, think about it, or at least put it down on your mental paper. Think about it and and desire it, hope for it, and work towards it. And whether it's being healthier, being, being nicer, being more forgiving, uh, getting more exercise, uh, you know, it, the list list could be long where where you decide hey i'm going to i'm going to shake it up i'm going to go in, i'm going to start a new career i'm going to go in a helping career i'm going to do this i'm going to do that right i'm going to move to another country i'm going to do this so it's it's up to you we got a few short years to be on this earth and uh, i'm reminded of that more every day and i tell people i'm getting close to 100 so i know that because i know a lot of people that have died uh, I used to run the trauma intervention program where every day we were out on, on calls where people were dying or died. We found them dead or they died at the hospital. Something, something happened bad. And many of them were much younger than me and or much younger than I am. And uh, it reminded me that we're not here very long. And so whatever we're going to make of it, we need to make of it and don't waste any time, Right. So every day I try to pick and choose what I'm going to do that day to uh, to do something fulfilling and, and actually will make a difference in the future of the world. And usually that's affecting the life of another person. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for helping uh, this year. Thank you, uh, Tanner, for your work down at Conroe, Texas. You can't use the term Conroe as the name of a city in any other term, any other state than Texas. It just goes with Texas, right? It's like San Antonio. It wouldn't be like San Antonio, Michigan or San Antonio, South Dakota. It's like San Antonio, Texas. 
Conroe, Texas. Tanner Martis been helping me. He put this podcast. It's actually the reason I'm doing this podcast. Tanner stayed uh, the last couple of weeks before he left for Texas. He stayed and uh, put this thing together and and for me, and then uh, has held my hand through the 144 episodes. So uh, uh, blessings to the Martis family in Texas, and also to San- Santos Vigil who. Again, I probably wouldn't have done the live radio show without Santos coming back and helping because I need somebody to run the board. So way to go, Santos. So if you want to listen to me on radio, you can at uh, 1410 a.m. But you can go on a live stream uh, website called live365.com, live365.com. And then just put in the the call letters KMYC and click on radio, then put KMYC, and that should bring you up to a live stream if everything is working. So you can reach me at 530-713-1838 if you want to text me, 530-713-1838, or if you want to call me sometime. Uh, and my email is Lou L O U at no hostages radio.com. So that begs the question, no, no hostages radio.com. Where's the website, which that's your address, no hostages radio.com. And there all our episodes are hanging out as well as articles I've written in the past. So, um, we're also doing, like I mentioned, a live show at KMYC on Saturday, nine, uh, excuse me, 10 to one. And that will also be uh, saved and uh, reproduced over at uh, One Eye Blind Media on Rumble, One Eye Blind Media, and also on its Yuba City and More Facebook page, it's Yuba City and More Facebook. You can go to my uh, Facebook site, Live with Lou, also, and, and see a recording of the podcast and some articles I write. So uh, we'll get on to it here. And... Uh, I'm looking forward to 2022. Many of us that are uh, Jesus followers believe that the the times are not going to go back to being the way they used to be before pre-COVID, that we're now on a, uh, you know, I used to do a little bit of river rafting. And usually when you get go, you can't go back on the river raft. You just keep going down the river and you just go through one set of rapids and hit a little slow spot. And then you hit another set of rapids and you kind of know the rapids that are up ahead. And, uh, you know, you're going to get, you're getting close to them. You can hear them. You can see the, the, the tendency of the river coming up to them. And then you, you just got to rock and roll through them. And so we can see that we can see the tendencies right now in the world that we're living in. And, uh, you know, for decades, it's like same old, same old, right? You go through decade here, decade there, different fads, different this, different that. And th- the way of life doesn't change very much uh, in terms of turmoil, not, you know, international turmoil. But now uh, that's different. <clears throat> and when we're, we're in a, uh, a throwdown, big time fight globally. And that was all predicted thousands of years ago. And it was foretold to us to there was going to be a group, a generation that would be living through these times. And that would be our generation, our generation. So uh, we are not going back to pre-COVID when uh, when it was just normal to have six sick people not show up at work. And we didn't have to have the health officer run around in circles and hand out masks and and warn people and and tell people to wash their hands and wipe their bottom twice 
and uh, do all these things and uh, micromanage our lives, nanny state government, right? So uh, this is what we're into right now, and we're headed every year, I think, is going to be a challenging, and some people aren't going to be able to hang with it. And it's just going to be very challenging, and I'm expecting that. I'm not going to try to make it. I wish we could go back to some of those years but uh, that I've lived through, but I don't think that's going to happen because there's signs of the times are all over the place, right? Signs of the times. If you don't believe in that, it's totally fine. I'm not trying to push anything down your throat. Somebody, some guy in jail, one time I was speaking in there, and I was just telling him what happened to me, what got me out of drugs. And he said, hey, you're not— don't push Jesus down my throat. I said, your throat ain't big enough to get Jesus down, partner. So uh, lighten up. I, I'm not I'm not shooting on you anyway. I'm just telling you what happened to me. It was a spiritual car wreck. So um, these are the there's signs of the times all over the place. If you've never read about those things or talked about those things, that would be you're probably a lot like I was. I just was didn't know much about anything about spirituality. Wasn't raised in that kind of household. So I want to go on and, and move on here. Um, a guy named uh, that writes uh, uh, books for children uh, wrote this. I bought, I used to, there's a, uh, if you want good books for kids, it's called, uh, I'm talking about educational books, Tuttle Twins. <clears throat> and uh, this is a, a, I'm not going to read it to you, but I'm going to pick out a couple things uh, that stand out to me. <clears throat> Uh, He says, uh, Connor says, whatever your reasoning, uh, the COVID regime is suddenly crumbling before our eyes. And while this is overall quite positive, it's also a bit maddening for those of us who have been through the public safety, quote unquote, charade from the beginning. In other words, it's never been about public safety. It's been about taking control of our lives. And it's been a it's a been a, a kabuki dance or a charade or a fraud of trying to convince you by labeling it an epidemic. It's just a common cold that we've been dealing with. We deal with the flu, with the common cold every year. People have a cold. They get over it. It's not the end of the world. They don't have to post it on Facebook. They don't have to show all their issues on Facebook. Wear it on their sleeve. All right. So he says this isn't even to mention the human cost of these farcical lockdowns and restrictions they are farcical it's been a lie it's been a fraud it's been a ripoff and it's we have uh, of all people we have thrown in the towel as americans so easily there's instant uh, no policy reversal that can bring children up to speed from years of educational development setbacks You know, it's amazing to me how easily and how without any remorse the government held our kids hostage for the last year, not only from school, but away from their chums. Connor says there's no way to bring back loved ones who who have passed. Look at all the people who have passed uh, and you couldn't go to their funeral. You couldn't have a funeral. You couldn't even go into the hospital to see them die to say goodbye to them, to hold their hand, to pray over them. Unable to say final goodbyes in the cold isolation of the hospital bed due to draconian orders. Totally unnecessary. It was all just a scam. It was run on us. It just, 
you couldn't go here. You couldn't go, couldn't go see grandma. You couldn't go see your elderly father or mother. Connor says we can't rewind the clock and allow our families to grieve their deceased properly with in-person funerals. Many, many of my friends uh, have died in the last couple of years. They just came to pass. Uh, it's, it's, it's that age group I'm, I'm in. And uh, it was interesting when we would get an announcement that so-and-so died. It said, well, we'll our, the funeral was being planned in the future sometime, right? You think that's just going to be as meaningful when it's a year or two down the road? Not really. It's ridiculous. It just, you know, the government, when the government says they care about you, immediately run from them. They are liars. They are the biggest frauds and liars full of crap I've ever seen in my life. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about you. They don't care about your income. They don't care uh, about using their, your tax dollars to rip you off. Give your tax dollars to murderers and terrorists. Give your tax dollars to kill babies. These people are criminals. If you think, oh, just because they wear a suit and tie or a beautiful dress and they have their hair done, they're, they're such wonderful people, they're evil. They are evil. And if they aren't evil when they got there, they become evil, unfortunately. I've seen it too many times. You don't bring people back from the dead in government. They buried it while saying, oh, yeah, you can't go see your grandparents. You can't go see this person. You can't go because, it's, you know, you're going to get them sick. And they killed them with their with their covid protocols. That's just what happened. Uh, we can't rewind the clock and allow families to grieve their deceased properly with in-person funerals. There's no way to reverse the psychological damage done by prolonged isolation. Do you think that our government? Leaders that have foisted this protocol, COVID protocol on us, are so stupid that they don't know that that how uh, controlling people. These people have been to college. They've been in the psychology classes. We know what it happens when you isolate people from their loved ones, when you isolate people from their grandkids, the grandparents from grandkids, when you isolate people all alone in their house. I've read reports of people who overdosed on heroin who would who had been clean, had a job, were doing good. They were going to many meetings a week. They had a girlfriend or a boyfriend and they got so discouraged. They lost their job. They got, they got, had to stay in their home and they just started using again. They relapsed and killed themselves. There's no way to reverse the psychological damage from prolonged isolation ordered by the ivory tower dwellers in DC. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they had no intention of saving anybody. I don't know if you remember President Trump sent that beautiful hospital ship to New York to care for people. Cuomo didn't even use it. And he sent all those people to their grave by sending sick people into convalescent homes. We can't, uh, he says, try to try as we might, we cannot undo 100,000 opioid deaths that happened in America last year. That's 2021. It's so, and it happened in 2020, both years. We killed off the most fragile people. You know, the Bible talks about showing extra love and care towards the most fragile and most needy in our society. And we, and America has a history of doing that. But in this case, we killed off people left and right by our practices. We knew they knew they were going to die. And they just didn't, they just didn't bring it up. 
They know better. They know better. They're liars. They're conspirators. And you have had a psychological. Um, it's called it's called cognitive dissonance. You don't even believe something is right before your eyes. A dog is before you. And if they tell you a cat, you're going to say, really, it's a cat. It's called cognitive dissonance. You, you lose contact. You don't even believe your eyes anymore. Government policy takes lives. It can never bring them back. When they, when they remember when they left Afghanistan, it was a massacre on American soldiers, totally incompetent by the Biden administration. They're not bringing anybody back from the dead. We learned the hard way. They didn't learn the hard way. There's nothing for them to learn. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly the consequences of it, and they just plowed right through it. And, you know, they made millions and millions of dollars. Do you know that many people in Congress and the Senate invested in the very vaccine companies that they are telling you you have to support? They're, they're profiting off their political stance. They're forcing you to take vaccines and they are making millions of you taking vaccines because they invested in the stock market. It's called insider trading. This Connor with the Tuttle twins says, out of all the bad things 2021 gave us, there was wedged something positive, an opportunity to teach our kids about the horrible effects of government overreach. I'm telling you, if our young children, college students are screwed up, they're, they're lost in la-la land. But our young children who got totally ripped off, they get it. They've been forced to wear stupid masks, cotexes wrapped around their face for no reason, kept away from their, their soccer teams, baseball teams, dance classes, hanging out with their friends, going fishing. They get it. We'll be right back. we got five more segments to go. Thanks for listening. The FDA announced that starting next year, they will begin using a test that can distinguish the COVID-19 virus from the flu. What? You mean the test that has been used for the last two years, along with the statistics that were relied upon to lock down and isolate and otherwise violate the liberty and the livelihood of Americans, does not differentiate between COVID-19 and the common flu? You mean all this time, all the reported cases of COVID and positivity rates and deaths attributed to a pandemic are a lie and a fraud? Well, yes. You see, if the PCR test statistics are fraudulent, then all the other statistics which are based on the PCR test are also fraudulent. This is because any derivative of fraud is still fraud. Or as one of my law professors used to say, fraud vitiates everything it permeates. And there's more. Did you know that the so-called vaccine does not prevent you from contracting or transmitting the so-called virus? In fact, it's not designed to. And since the so-called vaccine has only been administered for less than a year, there are no studies regarding its long-term effects. I mean, how, how could there be? 
Now, if you also consider reports that the vaccine is more dangerous and deadly than the flu, especially among younger people, then why would you take it or let your children take it? Now, to be clear, while there may in fact be a virus, there is no dangerous pandemic and never has been that justifies the destruction of our lives and our livelihoods and our liberties and our economy and our entire healthcare system and our military and our constitutional system of government. So please ask yourself, would a lawful, constitutional, legitimate government care so much about your health that they're willing to kill you if you don't let them heal you? This is Michael Anthony Peruca for Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American View. So here's a thought. What if none of this has ever been about the science? Maybe it's always been about politics and control. Joining me now to react, Douglas Murray, author of The Madness of Crowds. Douglas, it seems to me that there was this surprisingly negative reaction from so many people who've bought into every rule that they were supposed to follow to what should be received as, as welcome news. That's right. And by the way, I mean, what a great set of clips that was. I love that, 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 that boast of the hoarding of masks. I buy just dozens of masks, boxes of masks everywhere. And as for that, you just had just now this, this thing of, you know, uh, 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 is it about the science or is it about business? As if, you know, it's sort of one or the other. It's a zero-sum game. You've either got to listen to science or you've got to destroy business. You can't do, you can't do both of these things. Uh, this just demonstrates a madness that is going on in America and around the world about this. You're absolutely right, Ben. There are people who are seriously disappointed at the CDC's new guidance. It, it, any normal, rational, reasonable person should be delighted that the CDC has said that the quarantine period has gone down from 10 days to five. It's absolutely in line with what we know about the Omicron variant, which is that it is the weakest and least significant variant of this so far, with the least number of hospitalizations, the least number of deaths connected to it. If Omicron isn't the moment at which you can start to cut quarantine and much more, it's hard to know when that would be. But you see a lot of these people that you've just cited, they don't want to ever go back to normal. They, they don't want to return uh, to the pre-COVID world. They love the COVID world. It allows them to control everything and everyone and to focus on this one issue uh, to, the, uh, to the destruction of everything else, including the economy. Mm -hmm. uh, to that point, uh, Dr. Fauci was asked uh, to address just this question just the other day. There is the danger that there will be so many people who are being isolated, who are asymptomatic for the full 10 days, that you could have a major negative impact on our ability to keep society running. So the decision was made, although it's not completely risk-free, of saying, let's get that cut in half. <laughs> you know, it, it just seems to me like this is a scenario where he's admitting that there's a balance here, that people have to find that balance, right. and something that we should have been acknowledging all along. Uh, you know, it, there are so many people in this whole uh, to last two years who really have so many questions that they are going to have to be responsible for answering at some point in the years ahead. I mean, it's not just the, the issue of Dr. Fauci you've just listed. There's a, a former Clinton advisor who was on social media today saying, what are they talking about uh, 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 limiting this? Um, children are going to have to be going back to school and then everyone's going to be killed again. And, you know, 
Just think about this, this lack of ability to weigh up and balance reasonably issues to do with the virus and the threat, and, for instance, the education of young people in America, children in America. Why is it only now that we're having this discussion of the reasonable balance, the balance of the virus and business. People are saying that the head of Delta and other businesses who have been calling for this reduction uh, of quarantine from 10 days to five days are putting business first. Well, sure, uh, business has to be a priority in America. The education of young people has to be a priority in America. The Omicron variant cannot be the single priority. It never should have been. And the fact that we've only just got here now is an absolute absolute disgrace. Mm -hmm. You can't use this pandemic as a permanent warm blanket. Douglas Murray, thank you so much. Who will save us from unscientific lie-based mask test jab mandates? I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. It's not going to be pharmaceutical companies, of course. Expecting them to give us our freedom back is like expecting a drug kingpin to stop pushing drugs. And it's not going to be the establishment political class, which for years has prioritized power for the sake of pleasure, while most pastors abandon political involvement, which they should have embraced for the sake of love of neighbor. No, freedom from inhuman medical tyranny can be ours when average people stop complying with it. This means me and you. And when constitutional Republican judges stop fearing big pharma. SaveCalifornia.com, championing your values in California. Second segment. It's an opportunity in 2022 to invest in our kids and get kids into a great learning environment. One of the big eye openers that parents got from COVID was getting to see the dysfunction of the government school system. I have not, I've quit saying that it's the public system. It has nothing to do with the public. The only thing, the only thing that, that the public is involved in is being forced to support something that's a total disaster. It's pornographic. It's corrupt. It's actually communist in its teaching. And uh, thankfully, uh, it's one thing to not be able to change something. It's another thing to not know how bad it is and to get your kids out of there because they're being poisoned by putting them seven or eight hours a day under that tutelage. So now we have an opportunity to teach them some wonderful things about America and uh, to take them and homeschool them. There's never been a better situation to homeschool kids today uh, in modern in any time than today uh, or to go to a private school. I know private schools cost uh, more money. You're already paying tax dollars for the government schools, but now uh, you're you're being forced to pay and we we're going to have a choice, I think, in 2022, the election, to vote, vote for school choice, 
that usually gets voted down because the union uses hundreds of millions of dollars to say that you're going to run our country by by taking away choice. You know something? In all other areas, America thrives by using choice. When I go to a taco, I like tacos. I like Mexican food. I like all kinds of food, really. I One of my great joys is to eat. And so let's just use tacos, for example. If you don't, if you go to Taco Slims and you and you like Taco Slims and, and then you tire of Taco Slims, you can go to Taco Bell or you can go to uh, Jim Boy's Tacos or Albert's Tacos or whatever. You can go, in other words, there's competition and there's choice and you can spend your money wherever the best tacos are. And when you do that, then that taco operation expands and the other ones shrink. And what we want to do with school choice is to allow the money that, you know, the, it, it isn't the teacher's money. They don't own it. The unions don't have any money. They take money from you and they take money, hundreds of dollars they take from teachers every month. Did you know that? And they take money from you, the taxpayer, by getting it from the government. Did you know that? And so the government schools are not there for kids. They are there to make money for their uh, union employees, their union members. Those those are teachers. And the kids are just uh, fodder. You know, it's kind of like the wheels on your car. It's like you don't get any thrill out of the wheels. They're just there to carry the car along. And that's all the kids are there for. You never hardly ever hear teachers and uh, when they go to their conferences, talk about the well-being of children and how we're going to help children and how we want to better educate children. No, they're talking about communism at these deals and how much money, how, you know, how to how to make more for doing less. And uh, so this is a year where you can get your kids out of school. And uh, I'm encouraging you to do that for your children's sake and for your sake. You want kids that really grow up to embrace the values that uh, maybe that you grew up with. I want to mention also that this year, the Yuba County Republican Central Committee, uh, which is flourishing, and uh, they're kicking off the year on January 7, Tuesday, uh, the third Tuesday of each month, with a potluck at 6 o'clock. So it doesn't mean you have to come to the potluck, or it doesn't mean you have to come to eat, or if you if you uh, you have to bring something to attend the meeting. The meeting's at seven. If you want to dip into the meeting, have at it. If you just want to, you want to come to the potluck. You're hungry and you didn't have time to bring something. Just come. And so it's just like a, it's going to be an extra. Usually they have a half hour like uh, freshen up. Hey, we just got here. How's it going? Shake hands. Grab some coffee or whatever. Uh, Six thirty start. Uh, a social half hour and then seven o'clock start. But this this uh, January seventh on Tuesday. It's going to be a one-hour little food thing at Hallwood Community Church. They graciously donate their facility, Hallwood Community Church, at 2825 Highway 20, 2825 across from Cordova School. And uh, you can look at their website, which I constantly get wrong because they changed the end of it, but I got it right tonight. It's called YubaCountyRCC.org. Dot org. Okay, and you can kind of catch up with what's shaking there. Will you do it? Okay. All right. Um, So that should take care of that. And uh, I thought there was maybe another announcement, but I'll have to look it up maybe later. 
if you're looking for uh, schools, uh, there's two things you can do uh, that I can recommend to you. There's a number of private schools in the Yuba Sutter County's area. One of the most recently started schools is Embassy Private Educational Center. You can check that out at uh, churchofgladtidings.com. They just used the facility out there because they couldn't find a facility fast enough last year as people were bailing out of the school system. So you can go to churchofgladtidings.com and then look, run the cursor over the word ministries and, and then click when it had the drop down, click on Embassy Private Education Center or Epic, and then it'll tell you all about it if you want to join up with those guys this year uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, let's see. Okay. I'm going to move on down here. And uh, I wanted to highlight a couple comments made by a guy named John Kupal. John Kupal is the president of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, which I support. This is a time of year, maybe you've probably already made your tax uh, deductible donations, which is fine. But there are certain groups that are very helpful that you can get a tax deductible donation by contributing to throughout the year, becoming a member of. And that one of them is Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, or you can look it up on your uh, websites or your computer at hjta.org. And you can contribute to them. And the reason I say to do that, because it, it comes back to you multiplied 100 times over. Uh, I will never be able to give them enough money to replace the savings in just property tax dollars that they saved me since I bought this house in 1987. The Prop 13 happened in about 1978 or something like that. But that changed the way that property taxes were assessed in the state of California. We're talking about real property. And so uh, they are, I don't, there may be other uh, organizations like them in other states, but uh, this, uh, this organization, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association or HJTA, uh, grew up out of a movement uh, in the 1970s where people could not they had to sell their home because the taxes are too high, even after they'd paid on their home for all these years and retired there. So uh, there, that started a kind of a tax revolt throughout the nation. And so uh, I'm just going to read a couple uh, paragraphs that John Kupal wrote. He, the title of his article is Setting Aside All the Bah Humbug. And, and when you read uh, tax anti-tax articles or some of my articles, uh, you, you see a lot of bah humbug. I'm criticizing uh, this mis mismanagement. There's nothing smile facey you can put on the mismanagement when your tax dollars are forcibly taken from you. So, uh, but he's he's pointing out some positive things, and he said a little known fact that Howard about Howard Jarvis, who's there was the Jarvis Gan Act, which is a proposition to Jarvis Gan, Paul Gan, and Howard Jarvis, but. Paul Gann died, died first, and then Howard Jarvis. So this got named after uh, Howard Jarvis. A little-known fact about Howard Jarvis is that long before achieving fame, the author, uh, as the author of Prop 13, he ran for the United States Senate in 1962. According to those who knew him, he promised that if elected, he will put a big sign on the door of the Senate office with the single word N-O in capital letters. That word capsulized his view on government spending and government in general. That actually uh, coincides with the founding father's view as well. 
Uh, not surprisingly, as the Taxpayer Association founded by Howard, we continue with the tradition of saying no to higher taxes, more debt, bigger government. In fact, most of what we do is to oppose what happens in Sacramento. Nonetheless, in the spirit of the holidays, we'd like to take a few moments to shed our Scrooge persona and acknowledge a few of the good things we've seen from the political ruling class. So, uh, so they give credit to Gavin Newsom uh, for for hiring a guy named or appointing a guy named same thing, McGregor Scott. If you never heard of McGregor Scott, he is a former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of California. He works for the Attorney General of the United States of America. As special counsel to, they're going to use McGregor Scott as a special counsel to investigate the multi-billion-dollar EDD debt card fraud. That, in other words, the uh, Employment Development Department was ripped off. I I think a hundred billion dollars. I, I can't remember the figure now. It's billions of dollars, and uh, they're so confused that the people that should have got money from the employment development department didn't get it and people in the high security prisons got lots of money in our prisons right sure the horse has already left the barn says kupal but if scott can claw back any taxpayer funds from the bad guys it'd be a blessing speaking of edd fraud a thank you to the handful of district attorneys including sacramento's own Anne marie schubert who blew the whistle on the massive amount of fraud and are working hard to prosecute EDD fraud occurring in their jurisdictions. You know, it's one thing to have government be mismanaged. It's another thing to be an American and steal, steal from the government. That is not cool. Kupal says it's clear to us at HJTA that almost all those employed in mainstream media view their jobs as solely to advance a progressive or very liberal narrative. But occasionally reporters get it right and they don't get any credit for it. So a guy named Jason Henry with ASCNG was thanked for his stories on the corruption of the city of industry. Ralph Vartabedian with the Los Angeles Times for his unrelenting pursuit of the truth about California's high-speed rail debacle. Emily Hoven with Cal Matters reported on California's up to 1.7 billion contract with COVID with a COVID-19 testing lab. Did you know that? We gave a testing lab 1.7 billion. It was so plagued with problems that state health officials warned it could lose its uh, contract. Now, I want you to think about that when you were being told of the dashboard of all the cases and all the positive cases, right? Did you did you hear it? What did it say on the dashboard? That this company was totally, they couldn't find their butt with both hands. Scott Rod with Cap Radio found the governor overstated by 690% the number of acres treated with fuel breaks. In other words, trying to get the, the horrendous fires under control and prescribed burns in the very forestry project he said needed to be prioritized to protect the state's most vulnerable communities. He lied, right? He over he exaggerated 690%. 
lady named uh, Mackenzie Mays, who did, then wrote for Politico, which is typically liberal. Now she's with the Los Angeles Times, broke the story about the hiring of Daniel Lee. Do you know about Daniel Lee? He's the first superintendent of equity. Do you think we need that? That No wonder our schools are so screwed up and so expensive. They hired a guy named Daniel Lee, first superintendent of equity. What do you think he's going to do? You think your kid's going to learn anything from this guy? He li- But, you know, he doesn't live in California. It's like Dr. Fong, Joseph Mingalalu. She wants a job in Yuba Sutter counties and makes $300,000 a year, but was not willing to live here. Think people ought to be able to do that? Daniel Lee is is uh, he's the superintendent of equity at the state level, but he won't live here. He lives and works in Pennsylvania. Is that called distance service? You know, when you get paid enough, you can fly. Remember uh, the mayor of New York before de Blasio would fly to the Bahamas every weekend. Wouldn't that be nice? He didn't really care much for New York himself. Bloomberg. Okay. Uh, So our superintendent of equity. There are others as well, like veteran political reporter Dan Walters, now with Cal Matters, who has a decades-long reputation of speaking truth to power. I always like Dan Walters' article. He wrote for the Sacramento Bee for years and then retired and now writes independent articles but he's good wherever he writes he also uh i like these employees too that they highlighted elaine howell they highlight who's been the california state auditor for more than 21 years Howell has been re- recognized internationally for her work has been a much needed light in the bureaucratic fog and uh there's another guy gabe Pitek, the legislative anal- analyst for the state of california is another there was one guy named uh, the famous A. Allen Post who served from 1949 to 1977. He was the uh, there's only been seven heads at the legislative analyst office since 1941. Uh, Allen Post, A. Allen Post served from 1949 to 1977. And uh, according to Howard Jarvis taxpayers, they said we've been lucky to have straight shooters occupy this office, uh, et cetera. Now, uh, this has been interesting. Uh, There was a guy early on in the COVID debacle named Dr. Scott Jensen. Dr. Scott Jensen, one time, uh, I believe, was a senator in the state of Minnesota. And uh, he is a medical doctor, and he came out speaking against the protocols on COVID, saying that they're not allowing us to do preventive medicine and treat people with inexpensive medications. So he came under fire, and his medical license came under uh, attack by uh, bitchy Karens that were attacking. They, You know, anybody can... Call, contact a medical board and say they ought to re, rescind his license to practice medicine because he's not following the COVID policies, right? Uh, he's now being investigated for the fifth time in 17 months by people calling in report after report after report. You know, anybody can call in a report on you with their little cell phone and their email and all their little pissy 
little communication devices and hide behind them and do anonymous throw you under the buses. So uh, he is constantly under attack. He said at he said and last night when I got home from after shopping with the grandkids, I had this letter from the board of medical practice. He said on on his video on December twenty fourth. Uh, the board, he, he said, the board said in your response, you indicated that you prescribed it because they're complaining that he's using ivermectin, right? <clears throat> they're cracking down on doctors all over the United States for using hydroxy, hi, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. You know, they're such hypocrites because out of Beale Air Force Base, which is about a 20 minute drive from my house, they have stockpiles of hydroxychloroquine. Now, why would they do that? You think they're hiding it and going to throw it all in the river? Or in the dump? No, because it's good to use. It's important drug. It, it's just like ivermectin. But they're liars in the United States government. They say, oh, it's it's dangerous, hydroxychloroquine. It's it's we 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 need to test it. All right, they didn't test the vaccine, quote unquote. But they they think, oh, we got to do all these tests. Yeah, that the, in, it says in this letter in your response, you indicated you prescribed ivermectin to some of your patients. For treatment of COVID-19, pursuant to the board's investigation of the matter, please provide the following records. Copies of medical records for the most recent three to five patients to whom you prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID-19. You know, it's just the government is working against uh, these doctors, and they're working against your health. They want you to go to the hospital, sick as can be, not, not get any benefit of monoclonal antibodies, not take ivermectin, not take bedesonide, not take uh, hydroxychloroquine. It says here that ivermectin for COVID-19, there's been 72 trials with 680 scientists, 56,000, almost 57,000 patients. And then another 31 randomized controlled trials, and they were ben beneficial. I don't go into all the statistics. You won't write them down anyway, I don't think. Uh Anyway, it's a it's a now this uh, the cool thing is the silver lining in this one is that Scott Jensen is now uh, not only going to be a, a doctor, but he's I, I like doctors that are uh, in the government. He is going to run for the governor of Minnesota, which is a good sign, and he may just m make it because he's telling the truth. We'll be right back to our third segment. Hold on. Baby, do you understand me now? Sometimes I feel a little mad But don't you know that knowing a life can always be an angel When things go wrong, I seem to be bad My name is Robert Malone. I'm a physician and a scientist, but more importantly, I'm a father and a grandfather. I don't usually read from a prepared speech, but this is so important that I wanted to make sure that I got every single word and fact, scientific fact, correct. I stand by this statement with a career dedicated to vaccine research and development. I'm vaccinated for COVID, and I'm generally pro-vaccination. I've devoted my entire career to developing safe and effective ways to prevent and treat infectious diseases. 
After this, I'll be posting the text of this statement so that you can share it with your friends and family. Here's the thing. Before you inject your child, a decision that is irreversible, I wanted to let you know the scientific facts about this genetic vaccine, which is based on the RNA vaccine technology I created. There are three main issues that parents need to understand before they take this irrevocable decision. The first is that a viral gene will be injected into your parents' cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike proteins. These proteins often cause permanent damage in children's critical organs. These organs include their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and most importantly, this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. The most alarming point about this is that once these damages have occurred, they are irreparable. They cannot be reversed. You can't fix the lesions within their brains. You cannot repair heart tissue scarring. You cannot repair a genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine can cause reproductive damage that could affect future generations of your family. The second thing you need to know is about the fact that this novel technology has not been adequately tested. We need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks associated with this new technology. The harms and risk from new medicines often become revealed many years later. I ask you to ask yourself as a fellow parent, if you want your child to be part of the most radical experiment in human history. One final point. The reason they're giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. Your children represent no danger to their parents or grandparents. It's actually the opposite. Their immunity after getting COVID is critical to save your family, if not the world, from this disease. Finally, in summary, there's no benefit for your children or your family to be vaccinating your children against the small risks of the virus, given the known health risks of the vaccine that as a parent, you and your children may have to live with for the rest of your lives. The risk-benefit analysis is not even close with this vaccine for children. As a parent and grandparent, my strong recommendation to you is to resist and fight to protect your children. I'm an RN of 17 years, 12 years oncology, and the past five years I've been a float resource nurse to all the different floors in the hospital. 
I'm extremely concerned with the idea of mandating this vaccine for our children. The reactions we're seeing in the hospital with adults are terrifying and they're being ignored. Just some examples of post-vaccine reactions are blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, encephalopathy, heart arrhythmias such as atrial fibrillation. Also in the elderly, we're seeing an increase in falls, syncope, acute onset of confusion with unknown ideology. Also two young and healthy coworkers I know had vision changes, tingling and numbness to lower extremities they're still dealing with. Another coworker developed DVTs. I personally had a patient die three months after his vaccines of pericarditis, which we know is a known side effect, diagnosed 30 days after a shot, no mention to VAERS. Majority of our nurses, nurse managers, and some doctors do not even know what VAERS is. I've spoken to our chief of medicine, managers, other nurses on why we're not reporting to VAERS, and the most common response is, what is VAERS? It's a topic that's very difficult to address in the hospital setting. I bring up my concerns and repeatedly get dismissed. I've been told, I'm sure someone is investigating this. Well, if we aren't, then who is? Especially since Pfizer ended their study just six months after the um, trial started. I also have been told that VAERS isn't the best indication of vaccine side effects. Well, if that's the case, what are we supposed to be looking at? Over 18,000 deaths, a million permanently disabled, and the CDC admits only 1 to 10% of reactions are even being reported. And we know that hospitals are not reporting anything. This is not just where I work. I have many nurse friends in lo other local hospitals in the southeast Louisiana say the same thing. What I also find is highly disturbing is our treatment protocol. I truly believe our protocol is killing our COVID patients. When I ask other nurses their thoughts, they agree. At this point, doctors will admit our main treatment is not working, but it's all we have. We know that's simply not true. It's just what the CDC will allow us to give. Our hands are tied. Back to our children, though. We have chemotherapies that we know have side effects causing blood cancer, such as leukemia, in 10-plus years after giving the drug. We know this because we have real long-term trials on these drugs. We are not just seeing severe acute reactions with this vaccine, but we have zero idea what any long-term reactions are. Cancers, autoimmune, infertility, we just don't know. We are potentially sacrificing our children for fear of maybe dying getting sick of a virus, a virus with a 99% survival rate. Our children are not even at risk for this. As of now, we have more children that die from the COVID vaccine than of COVID itself. And then the health department to come out and say the new variant has all the side effects of the vaccine reactions we're currently seeing now. It's maddening. And I don't understand why more people don't see it. And I think they do, but fear speaking out and even worse, being fired. They simply, this is not something easy for me to come up here and speak about, but I feel deep conviction about speaking truth and what the nurses are seeing behind those hospital walls. This is not about adults who can choose to research or not. This is about our helpless children. And when I look back on this in 20 to 30 years, I have to know that I did everything I could. And I'm asking you to please ponder this. What side of history will you be on? I have to know this madness has to stop. You got my heart, I know, but why do I fight it so? When I know there's nothing to fear, I told myself when I say. So this, this Scott Jensen has some courage because he's posted. Uh, YouTube uh, videos that some of them may have been taken down because he uh, is any anytime you say anything about the government, the basically YouTube and all these uh, major food, Facebook, YouTube, 
<clears throat> Google uh, are anti anything that's anti the government. And Scott Jensen is outspoken uh, because he stands up for what's right for his patients. And so he's been investigated a number of times and all, all the investigations have been dropped. Um, and uh, it's sad the way this thing uh, Jensen claims the board was being abused by those with a political agenda and investigating him for the fifth time regarding public statements on COVID-19 rather than specific problems with the health care of his patients. In other words, usually when a doctor is getting a complaint against him or her, it's about his health care practices on that patient. But these people are just, they don't like his attitude. They don't like his perspective. So now what we have is a, a change, a, uh, a cancel culture that if they don't like your, what you say, you don't have a right to say it in America anymore. They will try to get your license, ruin your career, uh, etc. Jensen's a Republican. As I mentioned, he's running for governor. Uh, I'm not going to argue. There's we have other clips on the uh, on the show today that talks about ivermectin. I'm not going to go over uh, all the details of the investigations into Scott Jensen. Only to say this: that other doctors are being investigated. In fact, I've heard that there's a Dr. Hart in uh, Yuba Sutter counties who people love, and he's helping a lot of people not go to the hospital. Dr. Fong. Uh, Joseph Mengele Lu, the famous Nazi killer. She's our doctor of death locally. She is trying to snuff out any doctor who is trying to prevent people from going to the hospital. She would rather have them go to the hospital, sick as can be, put them on rindisivir, an event, get the credit for a COVID death, and uh, give the hospital $100,000 for a COVID case. Uh, that's the way the whole protocol has been run here. In fact, you can't even get monoclonal antibodies. If you've never heard of them, look it up. Mono, monoclonal antibodies. Just look up Regeneron, R-E-G-E-N-E-R-O-N. And uh, we've had, I've had doctors tell some of the people in this listening audience that when they've asked for, hey, I'm old, I'd like some of those antibodies to boost my system. Not a vaccine. I want the the monoclonal antibodies. And uh, the doctor would say, well, no, we we can't give those until you have trouble breathing and you're really having you're very sick. That is just the exact that's that's a malpractice case waiting to happen because Regeneron says that's when you don't give monoclonal antibodies. You give them when. Right at the beginning, when you start to feel some symptoms, slight symptoms, you take them then, or you take them as prophylactic ahead of time. So uh, I want to go just quickly go through some of the things that were written off as a conspiracy theory when they were brought up. In other words, when these things were brought up, the left or the people that have been deceived called them a conspiracy theory, but now they're considered truth. Okay, you ready? Vaccinated can spread COVID. That was considered a conspiracy theory. Now it's being talked, uh, it's been uh, confirmed as truth. Vaccinated are, are susceptible to new variants and reinfection. That when that got brought up, oh, the, you're just a, consp you're crazy, a conspiracy theory. No, nope, it's true. 
COVID vaccines can cause blood clots and other serious side effects. Oh, you guys are just a conspiracy theory. You guys are just anti-vax, anti-vax. Now, that's just exactly what's happened. Uh, We are going to end up having multiple shots, not just a vaccine, but now we're going to have a third shot, fourth shot, fifth shot, sixth shot, seventh shot, eighth shot. That was considered conspiracy theory a year ago. It's considered truth today. New shots are going to be happening every year or every half a year. Conspiracy theory, that was a conspiracy theory uh, accusation. It's the truth. Shots for younger kids. Oh, no way. They're immune. You know, even though we kept them out of school, we don't need them for kids. That w- People are accused of saying that was a conspiracy theory. It's the truth. Total segregation of the society. Oh, that's not going to happen. That's exactly what's happening. The Yuba Sutter Arts Council, which takes government funding, is segregating people. They will not allow people into their building for for any kind of art event unless they're injected or if they're not injected they have to have a fresh pcr test showing negative and on top of that they have to wear a a yuba sutter arts approved mask that's segregation of society people and there's already stores that are saying we don't want people that are unvaccinated in our store i say hallelujah to you i ain't shopping I don't need to come to your store anyway, and I'm happy to be unvaccinated and don't need your products. I can find them elsewhere. Uh, People said it was a conspiracy theory to even suggest there would be camps for the unvaccinated. Today, there's there's camps built for the unvaccinated. Uh, Unvaccinated people, uh, the suggestion was if when when we brought up the fact that unvaccinated people might be unable to work, it was considered a conspiracy theory. And now people unvaccinated are being fired left and right from everything from the government on down to local hospitals like uh, our hospital here locally, Adventist, threatened that you got to get this. The schools are firing people. It's just incredible. Harder access of medical care for unvaccinated. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, I was thinking in the middle of the night, I wasn't feeling, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm catching a cold or something. And I thought, man, if I ended up in the hospital, they probably wouldn't treat me unless I was vaccinated. But that's what's happening. You get shamed if you're not vaccinated. And that's the truth. It was considered a conspiracy theory uh, to suggest that there were secret contracts between Pfizer and the government or Moderna and the government. Today, it's open knowledge. It's the truth. I wanted to... uh, read a couple of stories here uh you know we have so many people we call heroes today basketball players lebron james all these kind of colin kaepernick for god's sake and uh i want to read you uh what a real hero is like it said is as uh, captain james stockstill stockdale climbed into the cockpit of his a4 skyhawk on september 9 1965 he could scarcely have imagined the seven years of hell that awaited him Stockdale's plane was shot down over North Vietnam that day. He ejected, breaking his back and badly dislocating a knee where he fell to the earth. Soon captured, he was beaten severely and sent to the now famous, uh, infamous Hanoi Hilton prison. Uh, That's a quote around that, that it was named by the prisoners. Uh, I've been there. You can visit it if you want. 
Over the next seven years, he was submitted to brutal torture 15 times, malnourished and denied medical attention. For four years, he was kept in solitary confinement. I want you to think about that. For four years, solitary confinement, for, and for two years in, in leg irons. He was in leg irons for two of four years. A graduate of the U.S. Navy Academy with a master's degree from Stanford University, Stockdale was the highest-ranking naval officer American POW in North Vietnam. A respected and national leader, he organized a system of communication and support among his fellow POWs, helping to keep them unified and alive. Meanwhile, back in the States, his wife Sybil was relentlessly lobbying the government on behalf of POWs, eventually launching a highly effective public awareness campaign. A hero in his own right, she, this is Sybil, she deserves and shall have a dose of her own. Uh, When Stockdale learned in the spring of 69 that the North Vietnamese were going to display him and other POWs to a selected group of foreign journalists, presumably as evidence of the good treatment they were receiving, he cut his scalp with a razor and beat himself in the face with a wooden tool so that he couldn't be used for their propaganda. Denied the opportunity to parade him before the press, his captors punished him with more brutal and agonizing torture. Later, when his covert intra-POW communication network was discovered, Stockdale was singled out for another round of torture. To prove to them that he would never submit, Stockdale slashed his wrists. As his Medal of Honor citation reads, he deliberately inflicted a near-mortal wound to his person in order to convince his captors of his unwillingness, of his willingness to give up his life rather than capitulate. He was subsequently discovered and revived by the North Vietnamese who, convinced of his indomitable spirit, abated in their employment of excessive harassment and torture toward all of the prisoners of war by his heroic action at great peril to himself. He earned the everlasting gratitude of his fellow prisoners and of the country in February 73 Stockdale was released as part of operation homecoming. He returned to the United States, the torture having left him barely able to walk already. One of the most highly decorated officers in Naval history in 1975, Stockdale was awarded the Medal of Honor in 1790. He retired from active duty with the rank of Vice Admiral. After the Navy, Stockdale devoted himself to academics and college administration. He was awarded 11 honorary doctorate, doctoral degrees. In 1992, Stockdale's friend Ross Perot ran for president as an independent. Perot had worked diligently and tirelessly on behalf of American POWs in Vietnam, and the two men had great respect for each other. Admiral Stockdale was no politician, but he agreed to stand in as Perot's vice president candidate on the understanding that he would be replaced before the election. Unfortunately, that never happened. One day before the event, Stockdale learned that before an event, the Stockdale learned that he would have to participate in a nationally televised debate with the with the other VP candidates, Al Gore and Dan Quayle. If Jim Stockdale looked out of place on the stage that night it is because he was when the first question was directed to him stockdale didn't hear it he apologized then remarked that he had forgotten to turn on his hearing aid he immediately became the butt of jokes across america the comedian dennis miller shot back two years later 
Now, I know Stockdale has become a buzzword in the culture of doddering old men, but let's look at the record, folks, said Miller. The guy was the first guy in and the last guy out of Vietnam, a war that many Americans, including your new president, chose not to dirty their hands with. He had to turn his hearing aid on at the debate because those effing animals knocked the eardrums out when he wouldn't spill his guts. He teaches philosophy at Stanford University. He's brilliant, sensitive, and a courageous man. And yet he committed the one unpardonable sin in our culture. He was bad on television. Vice Admiral James Stockdale passed away in Coronado, California, in July 2005 at 81 years of age after a long struggle with Alzheimer's disease. He was born in Abingdon, Illinois on December 23, 1923, 98 years ago today i want to read also one more um which i've been reading these to change the way i understand history this is about young women uh, about a one young woman but it's a it's reflective of many young women in europe who joined the resistance as they recognized they were being taken over and their freedom was being taken from them. I want to challenge you in 2022. Maybe you're this woman. Her name is Simone Seguin uh, in France, mostly known by her code name. She used a code name, Nicole Minette or Minet. She was only 18, 18 years old when the Germans invaded France. Her first act of rebellion was to steal a bicycle from a German military administration and to slice the tires of all the other bikes and motorbikes so they couldn't pursue her. She found a pocket of the resistance and joined the fight using the stolen bicycle to deliver messages between resistance groups. She was an extremely fast learner and quickly became an expert at tactics and explosives. She led teams of resistance fighters to capture German troops, set traps, and sabotage German equipment. As the war dragged on, her deeds escalated to derailing German trains, blocking roads, blowing up bridges, and helping to create German-free path to help the Allied forces retake France from the inside. She was never caught. Thank you, Jesus. Segoin was present at the liberation of charters at on August 2344, and then the liberation of Paris two days later. She was promoted to lieutenant and awarded several medals, including the Croix de Guerre. After the war, she studied medicine and became a pediatric nurse. She is still going strong, uh, and this October 2021, she will turn 96. Thank you for Nicole Monet. And I love these stories because these are the heroes, folks. Sports figures, I don't care how good they are. I don't care whether they're the best in their practice. They are not a hero to anybody. I mean, if they are to twisted people. Or Harvey Milk is not a hero because he screwed boys in the rear end. That is not a hero, Harvey Milk. He's a pedophile. Uh, no hero. So I want to mention also, we got a few more minutes here. I just want to come back to these two education leaders in California, only in California. I hope other states don't follow us. These two education leaders, I mentioned one, the equity, the equity project manager who lives in Pennsylvania. 
They had now, once the media, this is how powerful the media is when they expose these things. All they have to do is expose it. They resigned both two high-ranking, how many, how much you think these guys earned? I'm going to have to figure out how much these guys earned. Two high-ranking California Department. That's what we're supporting with our tax dollars. No wonder our kids can't read. He resigned, lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The second official, catch this. The second educational official, a high-ranking official, lived where? Dallas, Texas. Now, it's interesting that Gavin Newsom, because of the political stance of Texas on abortion and things like that, he forbids California's employees, I mean government employees, to travel to that state. But he'll hire someone from that state to work for us and not even come to California. Is that unbelievable? I just think, you know, these things are fascinating. It's just fascinating. And and all it took was the media to begin to talk about it. And and they realized they knew it was bad. They knew it was bad. <clears throat> and they uh, they got caught. They just got caught. I'm telling you without that's why the media and with the founding fathers gave the media, which they they criticize themselves a lot. They uh, they gave the media a wide berth of freedom in this country to go after government and expose government. And uh, so now uh, we have, do you know, we have, I'm not even going to get in the name, but we have a homeschool graduate who is now a PhD doctor scientist who works for Regeneron R E G E N E R O N who makes monoclonal antibodies and because I know his people, he could tell us which hospitals were authorized to get monoclonal, their Regeneron monoclonal antibodies. And he said these will stop people from being getting very sick by COVID, even elderly people, even people with cancer. So there's an 84-year-old listener to this show, and she contacted me because I always give up the number. And she said, hey, I've got, uh, I want to get some of those monoclonal antibodies. And she tried to get them from her doctor, and he told her just the opposite of what he should have told her. And so there, the Adventist Health, for some reason, certain hospitals don't want to give them, even though they have them in stock. So, but Feather River Hospital, if you're out there in Yuba Sutter Counties and you want to go up to Oroville, you can get an infusion of antibodies from monoclonal antibodies from Feather River Hospital. And they will boost your immune system. Lots better than taking the vaccine. Lots better and, and not risky. Okay. So what you have here is, I just saw this today, the Biden administration is punishing red states. That wouldn't be us in California. Red states like Florida and Texas by actively preventing monoclonal antibody treatments. And uh, they're not funding them. They stop. They'll block them. And uh, so they'll claim, oh, we're for your health. We're just doing this for you. We're trying to save from 2 million people being, if we wouldn't have done mass, 2 million people would have died. They're all liars. We're going to come right back. We got three more segments to do. Hang tight. Can't wait forever Even though you want me to 
Does the government work for us or do we work for the government? Tonight, what if the Constitution no longer applied? What if the whole purpose of the Constitution was to limit the government? What if Congress's enumerated powers in the Constitution no longer limited Congress, but were actually used as a justification to extend Congress's authority over every realm of human life? What if the president, meant to be an equal to Congress, has instead become a democratically elected term-limited monarch? What if the president assumed that everything he did was legal just because he's the president? What if he could interrupt your regularly scheduled radio and TV programming for a special message from him? What if he could declare war on his own? What if he could read your emails and your texts without a search warrant? What if he could kill you without warning? What if Supreme Court justices no longer looked to the Constitution to determine the constitutionality of a law, but rather simply to what justices who preceded them thought about it? What if the rights and principles guaranteed in the Constitution have been so distorted in the past 200 years as to be unrecognizable by the founders? What if the 50 states were no longer sovereign entities, equals to each other, and parents of the federal government they voluntarily constituted? What if the states were mere provinces of a totally nationalized and fully centralized government? What if the Constitution was amended stealthily, not by constitutional amendments duly ratified by the states, but by the constant and persistent expansion of the federal government's role in our lives? What if the federal government decided if its own powers were proper and constitutional? What if the Constitution were no longer the supreme law of the land? What if you needed a license from the government to speak, to assemble, or to protest against the government? What if the government didn't like what you planned to say and so it didn't give you the license? What if the right to keep and bear arms only applied to the government? What if posse comitatus, the federal law that prohibits our military from occupying our streets, were no longer in effect? What if the government considered the military an adequate dispenser of domestic law enforcement? What if cops looked and acted like troops and you couldn't distinguish the military from the police? What if you were not secure in your person, in your papers, and in your property? What if federal agents could write their own search warrants in defiance of the Constitution? What if the government could decide when you were and were not entitled to a jury trial? What if the government could take your property whenever it wanted? What if the government could continue prosecuting you until it got the verdict it wanted? What if the government could force you to testify against yourself simply by labeling you a domestic terrorist? What if the government could torture you until you said what the government wanted to hear? What if people running for president actually supported torture? What if the government tortured your children to get to you? What if government judges and government lawyers intimidated juries into convicting the innocent? What if the government could send you to your death and your innocence meant nothing so long as the government's procedures were followed? What if America's prison population, the largest in the world, was a cruel and unusual way for a country to be free? What if half the prison population never harmed anyone but themselves? What if the people had no rights except those the government chose to let them have? What if the states had no rights except to do as the federal government commanded? What if our elected officials didn't really live among us, but instead all had their hearts and homes in Washington, D.C.? What if the government could strip you of your rights because of where your mother was when you were born? What if the income tax was unconstitutional? 
What if the states were convinced to give up their representation in Congress? What if the government tried to ban you from using a substance in your body that is older than the government itself? What if voting didn't mean anything anymore because both political parties stand for big government? What if the government could write any law, regulate any behavior, and tax any event? The Constitution be damned. What if the government was the reason we don't have a Constitution anymore? What if you could love your country but hate what the government has done to it? What if sometimes, to love your country, you had to alter or abolish the government? What if Jefferson was right? What if that government is best which governs least? What if I'm right? What if the government is wrong? What if it is dangerous to be right when the government is wrong? What if it is better to perish fighting for freedom than to live as a slave? What if freedom's greatest hour of danger is now? So our second half of the show is going to be a little bit different than the first half. I've got some long clips. I say they're long because I usually play real short clips, but these are so powerful. Uh, I've got a clip coming up uh, by David Martin, and he's speaking at a reawakened tour. And he's going to expose the coup d'etat and the plot to steal America. And um, David Martin has been here to Yuba Sutter County to speak a couple of times. And so I'm going to play half of his clip in this segment and half of his clip in the next segment. So uh, I want to make sure and, and uh, honor and thank uh, some of the folks that uh, make this possible, this show. So I'm going to talk about them for a minute, and then we're going to slip in and we're going to listen to this clip uh, by David Martin. So Dr. David Martin. So I want to give uh, thanks to All, All Power Services. That's Will Fanning and Josh James. In fact, we were working on an old building in downtown Marysville that I'm going to see if these guys will build me a, uh, a wrought iron gate to match uh, the ornate uh, handrail and stuff around this old building over 100 years old. We're going to trick it out and make it look good. But all power services can do custom welding, custom fabrication. They can repair any, any power tool known to man, whether it's a big power tool like a truck or it's a little power tool like a weed eater these guys got it going and they don't let stuff hang around the shop they just get it in and fix it and give it back to you so all power service uh services at 530-844-0347 once again 844-0347 they're out at 1469 stewart road that's on south side of yuba city and the west side of highway 99 and they are nice guys easy to deal with fair honest good guys. So I got a call today from my friend, um, Nellie Garcia at North Valley paralegal. She said, Lou, we're busy, busy, busy when I need some help over here. So if you find somebody that can be a great receptionist and learn the legal game, let me know. So, uh, she is on it over there. She's a good girl and she's a very close to me. I wouldn't have her on the show if she wasn't. And uh, she'll do you right. She'll get your job done. She'll fight for you. And uh, you, anything that an attorney can do, 
uh, she could probably do. There's only a few things that paralegals can't do, and that's waltz you into court and and speak on your behalf. But uh, you ask her, and she'll tell you what she can and can't do. And if she can't do it, she will send you over to a fine attorney. So 751 Sutter Street, where she hangs out most of the time in Yuba City, and you can reach her at 530-751-9289. That's 751-9289. Now, just today, I, I got a... I got a uh, a cool communication from a mother who's been trying to get her boy into a rehab. And uh, Dr. Cassidy and I, uh, Dr. Joe Cassidy, he's, uh, he is the doc. He's the uh, specialist. Uh, he's seen this boy. We got him in to see him. Uh, we communicated with him, and now he's getting ready to enter a rehab. His mom was hug picture of his mom hugging his neck, thrilled that he's getting after many years of of drug abuse getting into a rehab in the local area here so uh we're 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 meeting up with people every single week because we're putting our word out on the street doc and i and i'm kind of handling logistics and he's handling the medical part but we're giving you uh you can go through peachtree health if you've got an addiction issue any kind of addiction go through peachtree health but ask for dr cassidy they got lots of good docs out there but cassidy is the one you want and uh, you dial 530-749-3242. Very simple, 749-3242. And when they ask you, hey, why do you need him? Just say addiction. And uh, if there's any hic hiccup there, uh, I'm going to give you his phone number, direct number. Don't call him. Text him. Don't blow up his phone. Text him. Don't keep texting, texting, texting. Blow, blow up people's phone. Here's his number, 530-682-8648. Again, 682-8648. Text him. Now, if you if you get antsy and you're hurting and you're sick and and you there's some hang up, just call me up. You can text or call me 24 hours a day. I will talk to you and I will I will get get you a breakthrough. And uh, that's 530-713-1838, right? 530-713-1838. I'm going to do one more and then I think we're going to be ready to go to oh no we're gonna do it right now we're gonna break for dr david martin here we go but for those of you who don't know covid is a direct result of hiv inc hiv inc was founded in 1984 anthony fauci was the chief architect of hiv inc and his goal was to use sexuality and specifically homosexuality, as a way to indoctrinate humanity into the acceptance of a universal vaccine mandate. Now, interestingly enough, most of us didn't take the bait. And the reason we didn't is because we didn't live the lifestyles that were associated with HIV in 1984. But cunningly, by 1986, Anthony Fauci and his team at NIAID and his minions at the CDC had convinced each and every one of us that maybe we would be in a car accident, maybe we would get a transfusion, and maybe we would get AIDS, which was the justification for a universal HIV vaccine in 1984. It's going to get nasty because I'm going to show you some real images from 1984 just to let you see that what I'm saying is not my imagination. But in 1984, something happened. 
People realized that to accept a universal vaccine, we needed to create a liability shield for the manufacturers of those vaccines. And from 1984 to 1986, we actually built the first ever product immunity in the United States, which allowed manufacturers to kill people with intent. And you heard what I just said, kill people with intent. Anthony Fauci was quoted himself as saying that the ultimate killer of pharmaceutical interventions with vaccines was the smallpox vaccine, which killed one in every 100,000 and injured or maimed one in every 10,000. Did you hear what I just said? Killed one in 100,000, maimed one in 10,000. And that was something that he thought he could turn into a universal vaccine for HIV in 1986. I don't know what an acceptable death rate is for you people, but an acceptable death rate for any product anywhere in the history of humanity in my definition is zero. But then a little dirty secret came along. Somebody at NIH said, hey, Tony, cool your jets, baby. We have this drug called AZT. And we don't want a vaccine too quickly. We want to kill people with AIDS with AZT. So let's run the clock on it. And the state of North Carolina, and by the way, if you're from North Carolina or you've done anything in North Carolina, you got tar on your heels and blood on your hands. Because the state of North Carolina, since 1986, has been brought to you by HIV, Inc. That's a bummer. I think I just lost the elected officials in North Carolina. Shoot, I couldn't even make it through a presentation. UNC Chapel Hill began the weaponization of coronavirus in 1986. But by 1996, Anthony Fauci had a little plan. Coronavirus, as a model, has a very interesting set of attractive attributes, which include this very interesting thing called a spike protein and a couple other binding sites where the virus allegedly binds to the outside of the cell. And it turns out that Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill was the very first person to figure out how to take a pathogen which used to be an infection of the gut gastroenteritis. For over 30 years, coronavirus was gastroenteritis. But Ralph Barrick figured out how to weaponize it. And not weaponize the virus, weaponize the spike protein. And he was the one that figured out how to make a thing that used to hit your gut, hit your heart. That was gain of function, ladies and gentlemen, the thing that we never did, allegedly. He did it. And in 1996, he received a grant and then a series of grants in 1999 by Anthony Fauci to actually weaponize the coronavirus spike protein so it could be used as a vaccine vector with the idea that it would be the next HIV vaccine. That's when I started watching this. I've been a locust-eating prophet in the wilderness because my first briefing on this was in 1999. My first intelligence briefing on this was in 2003 in a published document that I have sitting on my desk to remind me that sometimes being right isn't as good as being effective. 
It turns out I was right in 2003. And unfortunately, I wasn't effective. But Fauci ran into another problem. And in 1999 to 2002, and patented by the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and conveniently in the fall of 2018, do you all remember the, the big coronavirus outbreak of 2018? No, that's because there wasn't one. Um, but in an unprecedented move, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, was forced to sign their SARS vaccine patent from UNC Chapel Hill back to NIH. By the way, that hasn't been done. But they did it in the fall of 2018. Does it feel like they were preparing for something? Next slide. Now, do not read this slide, because I used to hate professors who put reading charts and eye exams on slides. Don't read it. With any luck, Clay Clark can figure out how to make all of this presentation available to you, and I hope he does, because that's what it's for. But in 1984, we created the vaccine nightmare, and we let Anthony Fauci have $191 billion. And you heard the number right, billion. We've been told about $3.7 million going to China, and we're supposed to be upset about that. How about $191 billion of your taxpayer money that has gone to weaponize nature against humans. 191 billion. And let's, let's do the, the little walkthrough, shall we? 1984, we invent the vaccines for HIV, which led to death and permanent disability to over 50% of the participants. But that was okay because they were gay. That was okay. And it gets worse, okay? 2001, you remember the anthrax scare, the domestic terrorism scare? Did anybody know that the U.S. military in the spring of 2001 ordered 300 million doses of ciprofloxacin? 300 million doses. Now, we have a pretty compelling army in this country, but with all due respect, 300 million sounds like an every citizen in America. It doesn't sound like every member of the U.S. military. And how is it that at least five months before anthrax was released, we ordered 300 million doses of the treatment called ciprofloxacin from a, oh, that's right, a German company called Bayer. That's, by the way, when I started busting these stories. Because it turns out that this wasn't the only pathogen that was being developed by the Department of Defense. And it was interesting because in the early 2000s, I started seeing coronavirus show up in a bunch of DARPA contracts and a bunch of DOD contracts. And I'm sitting there going, why would we be doing that? Why would we be taking a thing which was for dogs and porcine, that's pigs, by the way, that's a scientific term for pigs, Think bacon, you got it. Um, pigs and, and various other vertebrates. Why would we suddenly be trying to weaponize that and make it hit human lung epithelial cells and human cardiac cells? Why would we be doing that? And why would the Defense Department be doing that? 
Is that where you expect to go to kind of get your kind of basic treatment programs? No. And you don't go there because it sounds like a weapon system if it's being funded by billions of dollars of Defense Department black contracts, doesn't it? Or is that Dave the conspiracy theorist? Well, let's jump into my favorite 2006, sorry, 2014-16 protocol, the AMP protocol. The AMP protocol has a line that I absolutely love. This was when we decided to let the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill develop the HIV vaccine. And it turns out that read what they said about this protocol. It will take place in sites, 24 sites, in Brazil, Peru, and the United States, and will enroll 2,700 men and transgender people who have sex with men. What? That's, by the way, straight out of the protocol. If you don't believe what I say about the fact that Fauci has no concern for human life, but is more than happy to kill people who most people think shouldn't live anyhow, guess what happens? We start introducing the camel's nose under the tent, and we start saying it's okay to kill people in the advancement of science. Now listen, people, listen carefully. I am not advocating for any lifestyle, but what I am saying is that when you've decided that you're playing God and that there is a person by any designation that doesn't deserve to live, you left humanity. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to do the second half of that after our break. But first of all, before we go to a break, I I failed to mention I was going to do this earlier on announcements, but uh, the Freedom Coalition Network, which was started during the COVID uh, Free and Brave conferences conducted at Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, the Freedom Coalition Network started because many of the people that attended those meetings from throughout Northern California did not want to lose contact with each other. So we created a website called freedomco.net, Freedom Coalition Network, but freedomco.net. And you can go on there and find lots and lots and lots of resources uh, for activism. In fact, in fact, we're going to start putting some medical advice up there as well. Uh, to how to deal with COVID and things like that. Uh, But check it out, freedomco.net. But the reason I'm bringing it up today, uh, you can use it, in fact, and if you want to start doing some activism in your county, uh, you can uh, use that website and actually post things on that website. You can reach uh, Courtney Ortega at 530-671-3160, Tuesday through Friday, 530-671-3160. 530-671-3160. That's the Church of Glad Tidings where she works, but uh, she she is kind of the uh, chairperson of Freedom Coalition Network or freedomco.net. And uh, the reason I'm bringing this up uh, is maybe you want to get more involved uh, and make a difference in your nation this year. We're not about people just going to meetings or hearing good speakers. We're equipping people to make a difference, whether they're running for office or supporting people to run for office or helping people get registered to vote or uh, going to rallies, standing up, go to city council meetings, supervisors meetings, speaking on different issues, doing lots of different stuff. There's there's a place for everyone. So the, the first of the year, uh, they do a meeting on the uh, first Friday of every month. 
And so this one's coming up January 7th. It's also going to have a 7 p.m. start to the meeting, but a 6 p.m. potluck. But by all means, if you want to eat and you don't want to bring anything, come. We'll have probably plenty of food. And uh, But if you just want to come to the meeting, skip the potluck thing. Uh, do that. And just, in other words, it's no charge. It'll be easy. You don't have to join anything. It's just we're looking for people that want to work together and stand up for freedom. Okay, so that's January 7th, Friday, 7 p.m. That's the monthly meeting, and that's at, that's at the Church of Glad Tidings Campus, 1179 Eager Road in Yuba City or Sutter County. It's right off the freeway off 99. You can take the exit there at Eager Road, and it's right there at the corner of 99 in Eager. So very easy to find, well-lit, easy. We'll have good signage to find your way into the building and you'll meet a lot of friendly people, and there'll probably be a lot of other information from different counties, a lot of people from various counties, Placer County, Sacramento County, Butte County, Nevada County, 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 County. There'll be a number of people from different counties there uh, speaking about what's going on in their county uh, for the sake of freedom, okay, and, and pushing back on government overreach. Okay, we'll be right back with our uh, fifth segment in just a moment. The monkey thought that everything was on the square. The buzzer tried to throw the monkey off his back. But the monkey grabbed his neck and said, now listen, Jack. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. Ain't no use in diving. What's the use in diving? Wondering why I'm standing in front of this office on such a hot California day? This is Congressman John Garamendi's office. I'm his opponent, Tamika Hamilton. I'm a sergeant in the United States Air Force, and John won't debate me. I thought I'd come down here to make it a little bit easier for him. Since John's been in Congress, he has amassed a wealth over $2 million. He owns ranches, homes, and even rides horses. Does he sound like someone that knows how most of us really live? But let's be nice. John is a little out of touch. I mean, he has been in office for the past 45 years, and since that time, the internet and a cell phone were invented. John, next time you're riding horses around the ranch, pretend that you're stuck in traffic like the rest of us, and you can't fill up the tank because gas is so expensive. That's how most of us really live. John, you've been in office for over 45 years, and why haven't you done anything about this traffic? And why do you keep supporting taxes that make our lives here in California more unaffordable? I think the new tax should be on congressmen who've been in office since the 1970s who ride horses and pretend to be cowboys. This is my home. My husband's a peace officer. You seem to think my husband's just as bad as the people that he arrests, that breaking the law is okay. I believe that the police are trying to do the best job they can and that my husband deserves your respect. John, you and Patricia were able to send your kids to the best schools. A lot of parents in our district don't have that ability and are stuck in failing schools. That's where you and I differ. You oppose charter schools and you oppose school choice. You've ran on bringing back the middle class while you've become a millionaire. You've left us behind. It's time to give District 3 what they've been wanting and that's a debate. And so it's time for you to step up and not hide behind the incumbent status. Do your job. Let the people hear what you have to say and let them decide. 
Talk about a blue state exodus. Red states like Florida, Texas, and Arizona are all welcoming a surge in population over the last year, while residents in uh, fled blue states like California, New York, and Illinois, including our next guest, who moved his entire business to Texas. Rex, founder and CEO of Peter Rex, is here to explain. Rex, thanks so much for joining me today. Why did you decide to move? Well, Jay, uh, great to be here, and I hope you had a Merry Christmas with you and with your family. I hope everyone else did as well. And we decided to move for a number of reasons. Faith, family, and freedom kind of is what we boil it down to. And when you look at what's going on here on a global stage, what we can see here is an indictment of New York and California and the way its government is, is, is dealing and, where the, and the way the policies are going and the culture as well. Yeah. I want you to look at some of these numbers here, the population change in four of the largest states. So you got California, uh, a 0.7 drop. Um, then you got Texas, a 0.1 uh, growth. Florida, a 1% growth. And then uh, New York, uh, a 0.6 uh, drop. So does that surprise you, seeing the clear contrast? These red states... People are fleeing them, and, and uh, I'm sorry, the, the blue states, people are fleeing them, and those red states, people are, are, are coming there in droves. Yeah, LJ, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, and I'll give you a little story here about the culture and why that's actually influencing people as well to want to stay in places like Texas. And it's a, it's a thing I think people are not giving enough credit to as well. A lot of people focus on the tax and the policies and this and that. But, you know, last week I was at a Christmas party with the company, and a wife of one of our, our executives who had moved recently left a big tech company to join our company at Rex from the West Coast and relocated their family. She told me that... Her, her child had received a Christmas card from another classmate at school that said, Merry Christmas, and underlined Christ, and then wrote in, remember to keep Christ in Christmas. And the wife was just overjoyed telling me, telling me about how happy that made her feel to now be in an environment where the culture is on her side to help her to raise her child well. You know, Rex, that's such an excellent point. I think so often people point to uh, the better uh, tax and business environment in, in these red states, but it's really the culture, the, the low crime, uh, the godlike environment, Christianity is welcome there. Uh, why do you think so many people miss that? You know, I think they look at the—a lot of people look at the money, they look at the tax stuff, because that's easy to, to see. It's, a, it's easy to, to look at. But when you think about the things of the heart, they're sometimes harder to find. You've got to talk to people and be on the street to really understand that. And I think it's important that people realize this migration that we're seeing here— I would say we are halfway through. We're not at the end of that. I was talking to a CEO of a public company on the West Coast somewhat recently, and he was saying that we're at the end of this now. And I actually disagree with that. I, I reflected on his comments there, but we're in the midway of this migration, and people are going to continue to move here. I made the move about a year and a half ago with my technology company and relocated here to Texas, and we're very happy, by the way. But there's other companies still coming. Elon Musk made the same exact move in a few months, just in the, in the recent months, actually, and he's an American hero, and he's moved his companies over here to Austin, Texas, as well. Peter Rex, welcome to the free state of Texas. Thank you, sir. Thank you, LJ. Appreciate it. Hey, girl, you sure look fine. Uh -huh. Hey, boy, you're sweet as wine. Uh -huh. So let's get together, baby. Let me come see you sometime. Uh -huh. Hey, girl, I dig your touch. Uh -huh. Hey, boy, you're much too much. Uh -huh. 
so let's get together, baby. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to give credit to a couple of supporters here right now, and then we're going to listen to the second half of the David Martin talk about t- 12 minutes. I want to mention Thrifty Rooter. They come on uh, with us and help us about, uh, I don't know, maybe a third of the year through they jumped on and said, Hey, do you need some money or do you need, how do you do this? And they said, we'll, we'll help you some. So they've been great supporters this year. Thrifty Rooter. They've been in business for 40 something years in, in Sutter and Yuba County and in surrounding counties. They have now satellite groups in other counties. I know up in Butte County and other counties, Nevada County, maybe. So Thrifty Rooter, uh, they prove themselves. You can stay in business for decade after decade after decade. And people keep calling you back, calling you back. They got a good thing going. Throw thriftyrooter.net is their website. It's a very good website. You can go right on there, see all the different services they have. One of the unique services they offer is they not only do plumbing services, but they also pump out your septic tanks. We're up here in rural California where the government doesn't provide services all throughout the counties and the rural areas, so they have septic tanks, what they call. And they and sometimes things get goofed up, and they will come out, and they will relieve the pressure. Boom. They fix it and then fix the long, long-term problem as well. So, uh, But you could send them a, a text in the middle of the night, an email off their, uh, their website, and tell them what you need where you're located, what you think you need, and what your problem is, and please come on out. Or you could dial them up old school style at 530-673-8201, 530-673-8201. They need workers. If you're a plumber or you'd like to learn plumbing, they will teach you. And uh, this is a good trade. You make good money. It's an honorable trade. Uh, we need more young people uh, in this trade. But if you're a plumber that's maybe you retired, you had your own plumbing business, you work full time, but you think, oh, man, I am bored to tears. Maybe you want to work a couple days a week. Uh, you might check them out and see if they could use you. 530-673-8201. So uh, give them a shout out if you go over there that you heard about it over at the uh, No Hostages Radio podcast also green it's construction my longtime friend uh, a lot of these people i've known for many many years uh, for dave green it's green with etz on the end green it's construction uh many decades right and uh he is the master at uh revolutionizing a house through the kitchen and bath uh he does some other remodeling but this is their sweet spot and if you need this work done and you think oh Maybe we ought to just look, you know, on on uh, Facebook or on some other uh, platform and find somebody. If you don't know who you're dealing with, you're liable to drop twenty grand and drop it badly. So uh, he's busy, Dave Greenitz, but he's worth the wait. I wait for him. So GreenitzConstruction.com. You could see the before and after photos of marvelous kitchens and baths, uh, taking a a really old funky situation making it brand new and and sparkling and cool you'd be proud to show it when you bring people over also dave greenitz construction facebook page same type of information or you could dial them up old school 530-682-9602 so i'm going to uh break here and go to the david martin clip right now and we'll have a little bit of time on the end to make a few more comments and then we'll do our last segment okay that doesn't deserve to live you left humanity period 
If any of you see my wife, you know I'm very heterosexual and very happy. But that doesn't justify making a determination that somebody who doesn't share my values is worth killing in the name of HIV, Inc. Let's be clear on that. And then 2016, 2019, and by the way, look at 2019. The hepatitis C vaccine, which guess what has to do with, um, hmm, yeah, another sexual contact story that they tried to turn into. They were killing people that are promiscuous and usually gay and promiscuous, so we don't care about that. I'd love for some of the, the bleeding heart left to actually realize that they're the ones celebrating the execution of the people who they allegedly represent. I think that would be a very interesting proposition because maybe somewhere along the line, we should actually go back to 1984 and look at the ghost of Anthony Fauci in this slide, by the way. If you see the slide that's on the screen, what you'll see is 1984 Anthony Fauci. No kidding, that's what he looked like in 1984. He still looked like that center from the high school basketball team. What? I'm going to tell you, if I had to bet on a basketball team and I knew that Anthony Fauci was the captain of that team in high school, I'd bet against him. And guess what? I'd bet against him now, too, because the dirty little secret is he actually made the statement. It is quite possible. In fact, it's invariable that we will develop a vaccine for AIDS. Now, you know, sometimes there's things called Freudian slips. People say things and they didn't mean to say it. So I want to give him credit. He probably misspoke. He probably meant to say it's inevitable that we'll do it. But he didn't say that. He said it's invariable that we do it. And it turns out that if you look at the definition of the word invariable, you know what it means? I'm never going to stop doing a thing. Uh-oh. You think we're talking about an, a COVID vaccine right now? No. We're still talking about Anthony Fauci's fantasy of an AIDS vaccine. Don't make a mistake by being fooled. Next slide. Here's the problem. 1984, he had an epic fail. He tried to make an AIDS vaccine, didn't work. 2005, he tried to do H5N1, epic fail. People died, didn't work. People didn't roll up their sleeves, epic fail. And then a bummer of an opportunity came along. In 2018, we actually did have an influenza pandemic. We had a lot of people that died. And guess what we didn't do? We didn't shut down countries. We didn't shut down borders. We didn't shut down schools or churches or anything else. We just let people die. And it was seen inside of NIAID as a lost opportunity. Dead people was a lost opportunity. So what he did was he figured out something. And he gave the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill a grant to create a pathogen so that we could actually get, and I'm quoting, the public to accept the need for a pan-coronavirus vaccine. We need the media to create the hype to get to the real issues. We need to use that hype to our advantage. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. That's a quote. National Academy of Sciences, Peter Daszak, 2015, published in the February 2016 Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. This was not a public health problem. This was a bio-warfare act of domestic terrorism meted out on the citizens of the United States and the people of the world. And it was not a lab leak from China.
It was not a lab leak from anywhere. It was an intentional weaponization of the spike protein, and it is murder, and we will call it what it is. It was murder then, and it's premeditated murder, and we have to be clear on the fact. In fact, never use the word vaccine again. That's like saying that a gun is a propellant of copper. No, it isn't. It's a gun. Call it what it is. Next slide. And here's where it gets nasty. You guys know the guy on the right. What you don't know is the guy on the left. And here's the story you don't know about the guy on the left. The guy on the left is Alex Azar. Now, what you don't know about the guy on the left is the guy in the portrait further to the left is even a bigger problem, Henry Waxman. Henry Waxman, the, um, the, the, the patron saint of caring about health, who was the one that made sure every pharmaceutical company got a shield of liability so they could never be held accountable. That Henry Waxman had a very interesting guy appointed by Trump in 2017, Alex Azar director of the Department of Health and Human Services. What Trump didn't know, what you didn't know, what most of America didn't know was Alex Azar was an executive, not a physician, an executive at Eli Lilly. And at the time of his appointment, he happened to be under investigation for price fixing diabetes drugs in Mexico. Hmm. Hmm. In fact, during his now found to be collusion and racketeering and price fixing and antitrust violation, which turned out to be held to be exactly what I just said. While he was actually trying to deflect attention from the racketeering that he was doing by price fixing insulin in Mexico, he actually made President Trump sign an order that was the execution order for Americans. And President Trump was advised by appointed individuals who never told him the facts. This, ladies and gentlemen, was treason. This was treason. And anybody who wants to point the finger at Donald Trump, the best you can do is say he was subject to corruption and maliciousness and treason and traitors within his circle. That's true. But when he signed this, he did not know the cost. He did not know. And the persons who did know was the lobby, P-H-R-M-A, the pharma lobby, the single largest donor in U.S. history to political campaigns. They were the puppets that actually put that paper in front of Donald Trump. And Alex's R. Alex Azar was the executive responsible for the death and destruction of America. And you have not even heard his name because criminals like to put other people up front while they hide in the shadows. Well, guess what we're not going to let happen today? A lobbyist turned executive turned architect of, oh my gosh, under the Bush administration, Alex Azar was the one who also came up with the PrEP Act, which actually shielded 
companies from liability in the event of a national emergency. Alex Azar is the perpetrator of the largest genocide this country has ever seen, and you do not know his name, but that just changed today. Oops, that was my out loud voice. And it turns out he's the boss of Anthony Fauci, he's the boss of CDC, he's the boss of NIAID, he's the boss of NIH, he's the boss of the FDA, and guess what? He's the first guy that the FBI should cuff, lock up, and put in prison for the rest of his life. That's our target. And don't think I'm actually advocating justice for the sake of justice. I'm advocating justice because the minute we actually have the first felony conviction, the first time, the emergency use authorization vanishes because it turns out that the emergency use authorization cannot stand if the basis of it was a felony. And that's written into the law. We have one focus. We have one silver bullet. And I am waiting for one AG in this country to stand up and be accountable for the lives that are being lost because while I'm talking, two children died because they're being murdered by a collusion racket, which is like having Al Capone drive through the streets of Chicago and shoot into a school. You wouldn't sit for that, but you have sat for this. Well, guess what? Not after this. From now on, every hour that you do not follow the instructions I have at the end of this speech, for every hour that you don't take action, another two children die. And I want you to go to bed tonight asking yourself, did you pay attention or are you cool with two kids dying every hour? I want you to sleep on that. I want you to sleep with that. Because on my watch, that ain't going to happen. Now, I may be David, and I may have a couple of river stones, which I'm going to share with you. And we got a Goliath that we got to work with. That's okay. But let's do the next slide, because i got a punchline, and I'm going to get on schedule, in fact, ahead of schedule. I'm going to end early to respect the next speakers. So here we go. That slide. Here's the deal, guys. You're going to share this slide, so I don't have to talk about it, right? We're going to figure out a way to share the slide? Awesome. So you don't, I don't have to talk about it because I do have to talk about this. There are two websites right now, by any grace of God, in the next five minutes or 10 minutes or hour, there's gonna be 100 websites like this, because what I conveniently did for every attorney general, for every US attorney, for every law enforcement agent in, a in this country, what I did was I go, went ahead and drafted the indictment notice. The United States of America, V. And let's read it out because that's all the time I have. United States of America, V. Alex Azar, defendant. Anthony Fauci, defendant. Peter Daszak, defendant. Ralph Barrick, defendant. FDA, defendant. Start saying it with me, brothers and sisters. CDC, defendant. NIAID, defendant. Moderna, defendant. Pfizer, defendant. We are going to do the following. You're going to go to that website, davidmartin.world or fullyliveacademy.com. There's a button that says AG document. You are going to print that document and you're going to deliver it to every attorney general in every state. You're going to deliver it to every U.S. attorney. You are going to put them on notice that from this day forward and literally from this minute forward, every death is on their hands. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed that clip. I'm sure that that information was new information to you. Before you reject it, I would encourage you to listen to the next clip in the next uh, segment by Zev Zelenko or Vladimir. Zev is his nickname. Vladimir Zelenko, one of, he's a uh, notorious, amazing doctor in New York who withstood Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, to save people's lives. He's going to be talking in the next clip. But what he says is very good is he said, don't take my word for anything. Do your own research. I think that's good advice. So just because you hear something that you've never heard before, do your own research and see if you can confirm it. David Martin, who you just heard two clips of, or a, you know, a, a couple clips of the same talk, I would say the exact same thing. And um, he said, I, I've never found anything David Martin says to be questionable. Uh, but uh, it may be shocking to you to hear what you're hearing there. You might go uh, to do some background checking on the corrupt nature of Big Pharma, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH. Uh, you need to go and read John F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, sorry, uh, Robert F. Kennedy's Jr. book, uh, called The Real Fauci. Please go read the book. And there's many books out that uh, that will blow your hair back. So I want to thank also uh, this year for their support, uh, and that is The Plumbing Doctor. I worked with Day, uh, Ted Holmes this morning. He, we were both donating our time to rehab a large building over 100 year, years old in downtown Marysville. We met at 7 o'clock on E Street to uh, break up some concrete and uh, remove some large bushes and kind of demo some areas around this building so we can start repairing it and uh, paint it. So Ted, I've uh, worked with all over the world. Uh, he's a great guy. I've known him for over 40 years. And he runs the plumbing doctor. He runs his own construction business, Ted Holmes Construction. And he also has liftoff floor removal, which takes floors when you want to get rid of what's on there and refurnish, refinish it and either prepare it for something else to go on it or refinish it as, as uh, polished concrete. So you can reach him at uh, 530-671-9111. Plumbing Doctor serves all the plumbing needs you think you, you have. Uh, anything you need in the line of plumbing, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And you can reach him at 530-671-9111. 671 nine one 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 the plumbing doctor and also um monty hecker at elite universal security five five four eight feather river boulevard they take care of uh, you and you can take care of them you can go to work for them you can work part-time or full-time become a guard uh doing patrols on foot or be inside a building uh, securing a building uh, all kinds of work, Elite Universal Security. They're all over Northern California. So just because you're not in Yuba County where they started, uh, you might be able to work up in Butte County, Shasta County, all, all over Northern California. So give them a call at 530-749-0280. Again, 749-0280. They will put you to work or you can put them to work and working for... Uh, and, and keeping your stuff, your stuff, right? You work hard for it or, or keeping your people safe in, in the building, whether it's a business, 
and ladies and gentlemen are leaving in the middle of the night and want to be safe, or maybe it's your home that you want to make sure your people are safe when you're gone. So uh, give them a call. They'll also help you with the concealed weapon permits. They can help you with taser training, all kinds of special sprays. If you've got some sprays for Christmas, like uh, pepper sprays and stuff, you don't know how to use it, uh, they will help you with all that. And you can reach them at 530-749-0280. Great people. Money Hecker is a veteran, disabled veteran, who started this business when he exited uh, a career in the United States Air Force. Give them a shout. They will help you. They're honest people, good people. So uh, we're going to take a break right now, and then we will be right back for the fifth segment. And we're going to listen to a small clip from a, a brilliant doctor named Vladimir Zev Zelenko. going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. What are your views on on um, giving this COVID vaccine that they've made to kids? I know I'm from Canada, and I, I think that they're implementing that in order to go to school in Canada. Well, they have to give it to kids because here's why. They, they cannot market this vaccine without having immunity shield. Oh, I mean, I sue pharmaceutical companies for a living, and I have enough criminal activity that I know about Pfizer at this point and Moderna. That if they went ahead and marketed a vaccine where, I, where, they can, where they end up killing people or injuring them, and I can sue them, well, they'd be through. So they're never going to market a vaccine, allow people access to a vaccine, an approved vaccine, without getting liability protection. Now, the, the emergency use authorization vaccines have liability protection under the PrEP Act and the CARES Act. So as long as you take an emergency use, you can't sue them. Once they get approved, now you can sue them, unless they can get it recommended for children. What? Because, because all vaccines that are recommended, officially recommended for children, get liability protection, even if an adult gets that vaccine. That's why they're going after kids. They know this is going to kill and injure a huge number of children, but they need to do it for the liability protection. And here's how they know that it's going to injure kids. They, during the Pfizer study, they only tested it on 1,300 children. And one of those we now know was a girl called Maddie Gary. We only know about this because she and her family came forward and told them what told us what happened. 
Maddie Gary got the vaccine. She immediately went into seizures. She is now in a wheelchair for life, and she needs a feeding tube to eat. So Pfizer, you know, because Pfizer only tests on 1,300 kids, it is stuck with the, with the extrapolation. And one out of every 1,300 kids is going to be injured like that, an injury worse than death. Pfizer did not report her injury. Instead, it said she had a stomachache. So that's what they reported to the FDA. At the end of a storm, there's a golden sky and the sweet silver sound of love. All right, this is our final segment, and uh, I'm going to put this right in right now, uh, so I'll ha- have plenty of time just to finish up with a couple thoughts on other topics. We're going to listen to how Dr. Zelenko bypassed the hydroxychloroquine ban to beat COVID-19. Uh, this guy is amazing, and I want you to hear uh, what courageous doctors have done to save the life lives of their patients so uh this is about eight minutes or so and then we'll come in and we'll finish up the last uh, 10 or 11 minutes of the show today and uh i i'm sure you'll enjoy it um i think he does explain he actually is a doctor to people all over the world he he speaks to the he's jewish he speaks to the the parliament of uh israel which i believe they call it the knesset and uh he is comes up uh, he's a researcher he comes up with his own ways of healing people so here we go Zev Zelenko you've probably seen people commenting about this pandemic video going around on social media as the doctor in it claims this virus was man-made Tony Fauci testified that his agency quote has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research the NIH issued a statement contradicting that testimony which suggests that Dr. Fauci may have committed perjury after the release of pandemic in 2020 I was contacted by many of the world's top scientists and doctors All of them were very eager to share industry secrets with me, but few were willing to go on camera for fear of being canceled from their profession. That is until the media began spreading lies about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Be aware that ivermectin doesn't treat COVID, but could put you in a coma. Ivermectin is something more often used to deworm horses. Don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? That bothered you. It should bother you, too. They're well, lying I, at your network about people taking human drugs versus drugs for it, veterinary... Calling it a horse dewormer is not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication. Ivermectin has been used over 4 billion times. It is so successful at what it does that it won the Nobel Prize in 2015. And it showed an 86% effectiveness as a prophylactic to prevent people from contracting COVID. What initially led this was an FDA Twitter account, and this was picked up by the media, of denigration of ivermectin as a horse drug. It is a WHO essential medicine, just like hydroxychloroquine is. Two new studies published today suggested that treating COVID-19 patients with hydroxychloroquine has no positive effects and could in fact do more harm than good. A study published in a leading medical journal suggested hydroxychloroquine was potentially deadly. 
The journal now acknowledges there were problems with that data, and top scientists are calling for a retraction. The authors themselves of these papers recommended to have these papers retracted. That's correct. The hydroxychloroquine Lancet paper and the New England Journal of Medicine also is retracted. One of the most vocal and proactive voices was that of Vladimir Zelenko. Dr. Zelenko is a family physician who has successfully treated well over 7,000 COVID-19 patients with his Zelenko protocol. I receive daily death threats. I risk my life, my career, my reputation, my family, everything just to sit here and tell you what I'm telling you. For his brave commitment to the people, Dr. Zelenko has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. But that really doesn't mean much to me. What matters is that we can use this platform to spread the true narrative and maybe save even more life. I had the honor of sitting down with Dr. Zelenko to discuss his latest contribution to the health and wellness of all people. Let's talk about your latest formula, why you created it, and the results that it's having around the world. Well, the reason why I created it was because Governor Cuomo made an executive order that blocked access to hydroxychloroquine to my patients. We have an executive order that limits the prescription of hydroxychloroquine. I'd like my prescription for hydroxychloroquine. According to the state, it's only allowed for it to be dispensed in a clinical trial. This is not a controlled substance. This is an FDA-approved medication. The hydroxychloroquine had a very specific role in my treatment plan. It was a zinc delivery system. I did research and of all places on the NIH servers, I found papers saying that quercetin together with vitamin C, it's a zinc delivery system. Your doctor doesn't want to give you medicine, your government is blocking access. But now I can tell you, go to the vitamin shop, buy quercetin, buy vitamin C, D, and zinc, and this is how you use it, and you'll be okay. And so that's what I did. I open sourced this information. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to rage on, one doctor has come out saying Americans should not be as worried as they are about the virus. Go to the vitamin shop, get quercetin, get vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, zinc, and you'll be okay. I felt it was so urgent and so important that I spammed the world with Dr. Zelenko has been the tip of the spear in treating COVID-19 patients. He's been nominated for the Presidential Medal of Freedom, nominated for the Nobel Prize. He's provided counsel to the White House personnel, multiple governments, hospitals, physicians, public figures, and has published in top peer-reviewed journals with world hey, Extra special physicians. guest in here, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Got Dr. Zelenko coming Today up next. Today we have an exclusive interview. Dr. Zeb Dr. Zelenko. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Dr. Vladimir Zeb Zelenko. You're helping people. You're saving lives. He is famous for the the Zelenko protocol. It's life-saving stuff. It's over the counter. But it's Zelenko's combination of meds that make his protocol unique. Calls from health officials from countries including Israel, Ukraine, and Russia, along with requests from some world leaders, as just a snapshot of the attention Dr. Zelenko's success stories have received. And then people started coming to me and saying, we're having trouble getting everything. Get the right dosing. And which product do we trust? Can you put it all in one bottle? So I took these ingredients, put them in one bottle, and it's priced at a little less than each individual component would be. So uh, it just makes sense to me. So in essence, what you've done is you have created a formula of potent vitamins and medicines that are available over the counter. And you've offered that recipe free to the people, but you've also manufactured it into a pill form to make it easier for people and even more affordable to protect us from future variants and viruses. Well, if you're nutritionally optimized and your immune system is boosted, then you are much more protected.
and what are the results? For low to moderate risk patients, it shortens the disease if you take it when you're sick, or it prevents you from getting the infection in most cases. I still advocate for the use of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in high risk patients, but the majority of people could benefit because 70% of the American public is zinc deficient, and the majority of Americans are vitamin D deficient. That's why people get sick in the winter. The studies all show that vitamin D prevents ICU admissions. There's like almost no one in the ICU with high normal vitamin D levels. So that's in there too. And so is vitamin C. The science shows that quercetin together with vitamin C is a zinc ionophore. Zinc inhibits RNA-dependent RNA polymerase, which is the enzyme that viruses need to replicate, RNA viruses. And vitamin D primes your immune system. Not only the COVID virus, but also the influenza virus. There's plenty of data that shows that all the influenza viruses use the same pathway. So that's what's in ZStack. And the feedback you've been receiving is very positive. Um, we underestimated the demand. <laughs> we're selling so quickly that uh, we're having trouble meeting the demand. There's also an emotional component here because isolation is killing many people as well. By taking it, you feel more comfortable, more confident to reintegrate into society. That's important. Three and a half years ago, I, I was diagnosed with pulmonary artery sarcoma, which is the deadliest cancer in the world. It's only around 10 cases a year, all found at autopsy. When someone is at this state of, in their life, they don't care about money, they don't care about power, they don't care about fame. Your value structure changes, and you start to focus and concentrate on what's really important in life. Family, country, humanity, compassion, kindness, I have eight children and I want to leave the world a little bit better and safer for them and for your children and for all of our children. Dr. Zelenko, I want to thank you for your courage and the stand that you've taken for our humanity. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed uh, Dr. Zelenko. I want to move uh, over to schools for a minute and then we'll get into some politics for a second. And uh, I wanted to mention that no matter where you're moving, uh, many people are moving into Texas, Tennessee, uh, Idaho, a uh, variety of freer states in California, those moving out of California. They're moving out of blue states, and they're moving into red states all over. Illinois, they're moving out of. They're moving out of New York, of course, and, and uh, California, of course. So, but, but I've said all along, and I will continue to say, if you continue your habits— of just uh, hoping other people solve all the, the, the nation's problems and hoping people protect your rights and hoping people protect and follow the Constitution. And you're not willing to go to a city council meeting, not willing to go to a supervised meeting, not willing to serve, not willing to picket, not willing to protest. You will, you will get exactly what California has. And the example of that is in Boise, Idaho, very, very liberal, Austin, Texas, they're basically the San Francisco of their state. Austin, Texas is the San Francisco uh, of their state. Austin is to Texas what San Francisco is to California. Boise is to Idaho what San Francisco is to California. And my point is, my proof is that the Austin Independent School District, one of the largest school districts in Texas, announced Wednesday that it will continue defying state law. Now, this is amazing on how powerful unions are and how powerful teachers and government schools are. 
of defying the law by forcing. Usually they're trying to make laws that force you to obey them, right? You, you obey them. Now they're going to defy the law by forcing kids to wear face masks at school. Now, not just one face mask. They want them to wear two face masks. Now, I can't breathe properly with one. I can't imagine doing doubles, a double up, right? Layered. Uh, so that's what's going on. Am I going to spend a lot of time? I'm just making the point that if you go to these places and just uh, revel in your freedom and you just got more time to kick back, you were basically selling that state down the river just like you did California. Because I know a lot of you that left and you didn't do jack diddly here to stand up for, for righteousness or stand up for freedom. And uh, some of you did. I know some of you that my friends, and I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, you're just walking and you're just taking. Someone once said, wherever you are, there you are. You didn't change one bit moving from California to over there. You're just taking all your old habits uh, and taking it elsewhere. Now, I also want to mention that there are some people running for office I think are worthy of your financial support, certainly your prayer support, but financial support. Everybody needs money to run. One is Tamika Hamilton that's running against John Garamendi in the 3rd District here in, uh, uh, in our area in Yuba Sutter Counties. The districts in California are being changed because there's been some fluctuation in population density. So uh, Tamika Hamilton, this is her second time running. She's a, uh, been a, uh, she is a sergeant in the Air Force. Uh, she's married to a law enforcement officer. Uh, I think she has five children now. She's a wonderful woman. They're Christian people. They live down in Yolo County, but they they obviously run in have to compete in a number of counties to to represent uh, the 3rd District in Washington, D.C. So Tamika Hamilton, uh, I think her website was like Vote for Tamika or something like that. You can look it up on the Internet. The second person is Assemblywoman Janet Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N, Nguyen. Uh, she is a uh, one of the boat people. Her parents took her when she was a tiny child, and they, when the communists took over in 1975, took over south from the north, and a million people fled uh, on the water. Many people drowned. Janet Nguyen's family made it to um, the United States, and eventually uh, Janet Nguyen was, ended up in Southern California. She lives in Orange County. Janet Nguyen has been uh, in the state Senate before. Then she narrowly lost her seat after one term, one four-year term. And then she ran to be in the assembly. She uh, accomplished that and now is running for a new district down in Orange County, Janet Nguyen. And she is a conservative. So you can look up her name, uh, her story. She is a college graduate. She's married, I think, to an attorney, has a couple children down there. Anyway, she's a good person. She's the lady that stood up and, and withstood the celebration uh, memorial for Tom Thomas Hayden, who was once serving in the Assembly and Senate, and uh, because they were celebrating Thomas Hayden, who was a communist, was a communist, now he's dead, and uh, he also was a sympathizer with the communists in Vietnam, and she stood up during that uh, when she had time to talk, they gave her time to talk, 
and she stood up and uh, discussed in first in Vietnamese and switched to English talking about the atrocities that the communist Vietnamese uh, did to the southern Vietnamese and butchered them, killed hundreds of thousands of people and put them in camps, etc., etc., and nearly starved the country trying to run it as a communist centrally managed uh, country. So when she started, when they realized what she was saying, even though uh, we're supposed to have freedom of speech in the country, uh, they didn't. If this, they're not in this, in this uh, legislature. If they don't approve of what you're saying, even though we have supposed freedom of speech, if they don't approve of what you're saying, since she's calling them communists, right? Uh, they physically removed her because she wouldn't stop speaking. They physically removed her from the Senate. They had sergeants of arms come up and grab her and remove her. And that's the video. You can actually still see it on YouTube. And you can see our current uh, spineless senator, Jim Nielsen, sitting right behind her, so close she, he could reach out and tap, tap her on the rear end. And instead of standing up and standing by her side and protesting and saying, let her speak, he could have done that. And, and maybe he would have got hauled out too. Good for him. But instead, he chose to be passive, just like the uh, uh, Germans were passive when Carload after carload after train carload of Nazi uh, uh, Jews were taken to the uh, gas chambers, and I'm sure, and he had a great excuse on why he didn't do anything that day. So uh, Janet Nguyen is running again for Senate, and we need good people in the Senate that are conservative. So I would encourage you to donate to both of these women that are running, and uh, and I and hopefully we'll be able to turn around the. Uh, the legislature in the state of California. It says here Janet Nguyen was named Legislator of the Year by the American Legion, the Association of the United States Army, and the Vietnam Veterans of America. She was named Champion of Manufacturing by the California Manufacturers and Technology Association for her work to protect jobs. Nguyen received top ratings from California's leading taxpayer groups and small business organizations, including Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association and the California Taxpayers Association. She's a graduate of University of California, Irvine, and uh, they live in Huntington Beach down there where my daughter lives and a nice area. And it's got some radical people down there. There's some radicals out, you know, uh, Peggy Hall, you, you know, her website, the healthy Peggy Hall's down there as well as Lee Dundas. That's a female Lee L E I G H Dundas fired up attorney has helped a lot of us. So uh, it was February 23, 2017, the day that she was hauled out of the Senate. It caused a big old stir down there. Big old stir. Uh, okay, let's see. I wanted to also, oh, man, we've only got a minute left. We're kind of in bad shape here to do much at all. So, um, I, I mean, it says I was going to talk about water, <laughs> water in Northern California. Even though our dams are filling up and we got record snowfall in the Sierra Nevada for December, they say, it really is never going to be, with the Democrats in charge, never going to be about enough water coming out of the sky because they're going to give the lion's share, that means a majority, far the big majority of that water is going to run right into the fish because they deserve it. They own it. And then the next share is going to go 
uh, into the uh, business and ag area, right? And the, the smallest share is going to be used because uh, urban areas do not use a lot of water. You'd think they do, but they don't. And so, uh, but the biggest share, it just goes, they just waste it. And we waste, you know, uh, it's a wise person who, when they, they're making a lot of money, it's a wise person to set some of that money aside for a rainy day. And uh, that concept is when you have big rain years is to store that water in reservoirs built for that purpose. So then you can keep both humans and creatures uh, from getting thirsty or hungry uh, when you have lean years of water. Okay. So uh, there's, maybe I'll talk about it next week. Uh, And I hate the, I hate the term atmospheric river. I despise that term. I'm still going to call it a rainstorm. See you next week, Lord willing, and Happy New Year. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself.